And the only preparation we have is H. H. That was bad. That was a bad joke. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Got it. So welcome back, everyone, to the podcast. I am John, and I am here with our good friend, Tom. Tom Brad is MIA. I don't and, know. And- yeah, he has not. He has not checked in. He hasn't. Uh, and he is going to say he probably told us last week, and we just don't recall. He, I, I would. I would like to think that maybe he's out doing. He's out saving the world right now. Yeah, that's probably well, he, what he's doing. He his cell phone must uh, must be out of order or something, and you know, mm-hmm. out of cell range. No smoke signals or nothing, just leaving us in the dark. But we are going to continue because that's what Tom and I do. Tom just takes us back. We've, we've done plenty of these, you and I together. So it'll yeah, be no. fine. It's going to be good. We'll have engaging conversation and uh, all that other stuff we tend to have on the almost perfect Way back as well. Yeah. Yeah. How you been, Tom? Well, as I told you earlier, you know, this past week, I've been kind of sick and on the down downside, but... Uh, but uh, the other, the the upside in all of that is you get a lot of rest. I mean, ten hours, ten hour night, uh, followed by a two and a half hour nap. <laughs> the body is saying, "Yeah, we're old, we're tired. You go on without us." <laughs> uh, well, I try to tell people that they say, "Oh, I'm sick, but I got a work to do." You know, it's just the work will be there. Just take advantage, right? That's what you need the most. Just. Sleep, rest, enjoy it um, as best you can. Get get your get your healing on. Yeah. I know that's that's easier said than done for some of us. We'd rather well, just I, yeah, work through. I I know that uh, sleep generally is the Snickers bar of uh, of uh, of regular routine that helps us feel a whole lot better. Yes, getting a little yes. grouchy, a grumpy, snapping at people. <laughs> Take a nap. Take a nap, right? You're not you when you're tired, right? Yeah, so yeah. Take a my, nap. Wife would say, my wife would say, Tom hasn't taken enough naps lately. <laughs> I'll take a 10-minute nap uh, occasionally, and I'll just set the alarm for 12 minutes. That gives me my two minutes to go to sleep, and then 10 minutes nap, and then boom, I'm good to go. Good, good. Gloria hates it. She hates it. I can fall asleep so quickly, but it's just... Uh, a skill I have. Uh, you shouldn't hate me for it. You should just learn from my wise ways. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, for the most part, I s- fall asleep quicker than Ellen does. So, all right, Tom. Today is uh, October third. It's the first as we're recording. It's the first Monday of October, which means uh, there's a lot going on in October, right? Sports wise, you have at some point. Won't you have all? Yeah, baseball. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've got baseball. Uh-huh. hockey i assume has already started because i know it has in corpus ice That's ice, true. Rays. ice rays yeah um you uh, know baseball uh football college and pro yeah so this is just an exciting time things are happening it's the start of sort of the holiday season of the next three months all the different holidays that occur that we're all part familiar with and are part of uh, and one thing that I think people have been waiting for, waiting for this time, is pumpkin spice. Are you a pumpkin spice guy? Actually, Tom? like, yeah, I actually like pumpkin spice. I had it. Uh, oh, I, I have a, a coffee with a friend on Monday mornings, but before we meet, 
Mm -hmm. And last week we had pumpkin spice because we have two neighborhood coffee places. We meet at one place and then we meet at the other place. And last week was the one place that had pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice. So you're not a pumpkin spice hater. That's good. I, no, not at all. I think we're kind of over that, right? It's like, it's now the good thing like to be mad at pumpkin spice people. You know, if you like pumpkin spice, like what you like, it's not a big deal. However, I uh -huh. will question this. All right. I got something new that I've seen was added to the world of pumpkin spice, pumpkin spice latte. Everybody probably knows. Oh, that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I, I had. I think that's kind of where it all started. Right. Where pumpkin spice kind of really kind of just blew up because it became a latte. And but here's something else. A jewelry company is selling a pumpkin spice latte ring, an engagement ring, no less. Um, you want to guess the price, Tom? <laughs> An engagement ring, uh, $2,000. $2,000. Wow, Tom, you are not Way in off. the engagement ring business, are you? How about a whopping $11,300 for a, for a pumpkin spice latte ring, Tom? So my original thought was $15,000, but I thought, well, let's just shoot for something lower. Because I, I was afraid 15000 would be way up. It would be too high. Always go with your pumpkin spice gut, Tom. Gut, that's, yeah. that's the moral of the story. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and I, say, I say that, and the guy who sells pumpkin spice uh, engagement rings says, uh, did you ever get your wife uh, an engagement ring? It's probably... And now, usually we sell these at fifteen thousand, right. but for you, eleven thousand three hundred. Uh huh. That's the special Tom Tarver price. Um, I don't know. Is that going too far? I mean, is somebody going to buy that? Um, the ring features a whipped cream shape, center diamond surrounded by white diamonds and orange sapphires encased in a cup-shaped claw meant to mimic a warm cup of pumpkin spice goodness. I will have to say, I'm curious to see. I'll let you see it real quick, Tom. Okay, I'll let you yeah. We'll let, yeah. You, you, you can see it and everybody at home can see it. And there we go. Is that worth $11,300 plus tax? I, mean, <laughs> I will have to say it's intriguing. Does it make you think pumpkin spice? No, oh, not actually. I mean, it actually makes me think cupcake, not coffee. Cupcake, yes. Now I want a cupcake. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, on you. so if you are a pumpkin spice hater, you can't stand it all. That's just another story for you to add. And you can be like mad about somebody wanting to buy that. But anyway, uh, something else I read this morning, Tom, I think this, uh, you'll love this. Drinking three cups of coffee a day is linked to a longer lifespan according to a huge new study. Are you a coffee drinker? Yeah, number one, I'm a coffee drinker. And usually I drink two to three cups a day. So um, maybe you'll so live I, forever, Tom. Yeah, and I also know that uh, I, I'm very aware, well aware of the benefits of coffee. Uh, so and is that why you drink it? Or are you just addicted to it? And that's how you justify it? I'm, I'm not. I'm, I like it. And I'm going to say, that's the only reason I drink it. Uh, but, uh, you know, I could be healthier if I would just drink uh, black coffee. 
Ah, you like all the pumpkin spice fluff and everything else that goes with it. Yeah. I'm not a coffee drinker. Um, I may have one cup every year, maybe. And that's only because somebody else is there having it. And I just, you know, I tell the story. This is uh, back when I was actually in seminary and knew I had to pull an all-nighter, you know, that kind of thing. And I just, all right, people always say you got to drink coffee to stay awake. So I made uh, a whole pot of coffee for myself, drank half of it and fell asleep by before midnight. I was asleep. I just, it didn't do anything for me and didn't help you. Didn't help me at all. Uh, failed, but, uh, still made it out. Okay. I always love these, uh, stories that come out about these, um, you know, these studies that have these, you know, you know, everybody's going to live longer now because they drink three cups of coffees, but many studies on coffee and lifespan don't establish a direct link. They observe the, the observing behavior over a period of time cannot determine causality because other factors like the environment or behavior could contribute to the outcome. Duh. So it's not just coffee. Don't leave here and think, John said, go buy more coffee because you're going to live longer. There are other factors included. But like you said, Tom, there are some benefits to drinking coffee. Oh, absolutely. And, and I will say, I, I immediately feel good just seeing a picture of a cup of coffee with the little heart or whatever in the top. Oh, it's so cute. Right? <laughs> and going, oh. Coffee and, art. Yeah, coffee art just does something. Okay, I'm going to be the first person to start of that. Yeah, it means it's got steamed milk in it or something. Uh, okay, okay. Well, I don't do any of that either, as you can tell. I'm not very artistic that way, so. Yeah. All right, Tom, I don't know if you know or not. Um, I think we've talked about it here a few times, but there was a global pandemic that really uh, disrupted uh, a lot of lot of, uh, a lot of life for like, I don't know, everybody in the world. Um, we're kind of dealing with the aftermath of that. Uh, we aren't officially, I don't think, out of the pandemic as, as best I understand it. Uh, so, you know, somebody made a comment of, I guess it, we're going through another round of COVID. And I said, <laughs> I don't remember that there, there was ever a break. I mean, well, I, I think it kind of like started to like wane a little bit. We, and that's why people are like, oh, we did it. We did it. But it never, never went away. And it was still, you know, developing, redeveloping. And so, yeah, we're never like we're not out of it yet. But we're certainly at a different point than we were two years ago, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, um, and so part of that for, for us and our conversations, you know, how, how did the um, pandemic impact uh, church life? How did it impact uh, what we do as local congregations, faith communities? Uh, and, and what do we do now, right? It happened and uh, the consequences were kind of beginning to see more and more of it and whether those were consequences directly of COVID or those were things that happened that sort of COVID uncovered right that were already happening oh yeah yeah right point is here we are today and a lot of us are as churches are struggling with like (laughs) what in the world do we do next like how do we sort of gain traction in in what we do as far as ministry and and uh, rebuilding community right the community of our church a lot of our people they weren't meeting maybe they started doing online but then that kind of got tiresome and so maybe they dropped out of that and so rebuilding community uh, is important for a community of faith would you say that tom 
Oh, absolutely. You, yeah, it's absolutely essential in the development of our faith to be in a community. Right. And because uh, that's that's where we begin to emerge and understand who we actually are in relationship with other people. Exactly. And, you know, I don't knock online ministry at all. I think it's helpful. I think it's beneficial. I think it's necessary. But at the same time, I think we all know that, you know, the community that we can share sort of face to face as much as we can, that that's that that that's something there's something meaningful about that that can't be replaced uh, by a tool that helps that may help foster community in a different way. That makes sense. So now that our churches are, you know, most of our churches, I think, are you know, we're back together, meeting, trying to figure out, all right, what do we start doing again as, uh, as a church, as ministries? And so I was reading through Christianity Today, and there's an article that says, Rebuilding Church Community, What's Actually Working? Now, that's important. I love the title because it's important to me because I feel like uh, our sort of go-to thing is, well, all right, now that we got pandemic over, let's just kind of get back to everything that we were doing before. And part of the reality we have to realize is some of those things we can't get back to doing. Um, you know, the people that we, we relied on to make those things happen, maybe they're not here. Uh, maybe people are now are just kind of like tired and don't want to go back to doing those kinds of things. And so we really have to focus on what is most important about our communities and building our communities, communities, reconnecting our communities together. So I thought we'd go through each of these suggestions here. And Tom, you can share some in insight into why each of these may be valuable and maybe even how you've seen them uh, work out in the church or why maybe they don't apply at all. So the first one is to mix things up. And this is from an associate pastor in Seattle talking about going to a new church and noticing that there were three groups of people, those who are already deep in the community, those who attended the church but were not a part of the community, and those who were just church shopping looking for a community. And so the idea is just to sort of find different activities for each of those three groups to foster those, um, those connections there. So to so in, in an effort to rebuild com community, instead of saying, here's the one thing we do, be here for that, maybe sort of branching off and finding other ways to connect with people. Do you think churches struggle with that, Tom? I, I, actually, I, I think it's easier. I always go back to uh, one of the, in one of the city, uh, communities where I served, we had a we had a, uh, what was it, a pizza in seafood steak place, you know, and it was actually a, a pizza in or a pizza hut. It was, it was what I think it was pizza in, but it was like all of these things. And, and uh, it's like, if, you know, if we're enough, if we serve enough different kinds of stuff, everybody will come here. And it, and it to me, it almost does the opposite to me is if you're not, if you're not pizza in, or if you're not the steakhouse, or if you're not the seafood place, I'm not interested in going. I want to go where you are, who you are, and I understand that. And either I fit in or I don't fit in, and that's okay. Um, so you know that you know when I hear that, I go. It, I think it's a little easier to be who you are, and uh, and it, uh, and uh, as long as you're not. <laughs> 
just a bunch of grumpy old men gathering together to complain about your your uh, wives and the and the way world the world is going to uh, he double toothpicks in a handbasket. So, <laughs> so but then what do you think? Then I was thinking, what do you think? I mean, when you uh, you're the one who actually read the article. Uh, what so was your initial response? So I, 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 I think I can affirm it because, you know, remember when we had Michael Beck on a few weeks ago and his yeah, idea yeah. about, you know, the restaurants or the dog park or the tattoo parlor. And part of that mindset is, well, if that's where those people are, well, then we can be there. And so, oh, yeah, that's if you put it in those those terms uh, that you need to you need to be who you are. And if, if, and, and, and for Michael, I mean, the tattoo parlor is a, uh, is a natural setting for him because, you know, his arms were, were plastered with tattoos. Uh, I might, I'm, I would have to follow someone where that was a natural setting for them in order to feel comfortable eventually in that setting. Sure. Uh, on the other hand, there are other other settings, venues that that I would be perfectly comfortable with. Uh, you know, talking to people at Texas State Aquarium. If we actually had a gathering, uh, a regular gathering there, you know, if it would be good, uh, a good uh, membership drive is where the uh, Texas State Aquarium Church. That's your yeah, that's your new fresh expression, Tom. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in, in that sense, I think, yeah, I mean, if, if, if you have a, I think that's one of our struggles, right? So say somebody like you and I, I mean, obviously, we're sort of deeply invested in the life of the local church, right? The local church, yeah, right. And, and, and we were probably be, even before we, you know, had a sense of calling to pastoral leadership, we were probably that way beforehand yeah so so somebody like us you know we have that mindset but somebody who kind of just yeah that's my church but you know i've got other things going on i'm not that deeply invested it's kind of hard to expect someone like that to to automatically assign to assume that you know what maybe they want to come start doing all of our stuff here at the church and so yeah finding that sort of third place for someone wherever they are along the margins of the life of the church and and when you say that i'm I'm trying to remember what what is that is is that the the term that's used that there's 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 their place there's our place our you know uh, and then there's the place that that middle ground where we meet yeah third place yeah the third place common common ground that is not the church and is not the office or or whatever yeah so the, the aquarium or the library or the coffee shop or something like that yeah yeah and 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 that's not the way i initially heard that statement uh, my i heard that statement first of all i was i was too centered thank you for getting me away from the building because um, i think the church definitely needs to find those places away from the building start thinking more in in terms of how do we become the church in the community and not the church within the building? Mm. Yes, that's a good word, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Because yeah, our, our, our community is not, it's, it's not just this building, it's not just this church, it's who we are and who we are are people who 
have a life outside of what we do in this building. And so those become places where, you know, we can uh, build those connections and foster them and uh, encourage them as well. Okay. But mix things up, right? It's, you know, there are different ways to connect with different people who are different points in their, their life. And so maybe, you know, reconnecting in those ways, uh, wherever they are, be helpful. All right, here's one. <clears throat> this is from a minister in Presbyterian minister in Canada, Ontario, actually. Uh, emphasize love of neighbor. Um, I have single-mindedly repeated to my congregation that although we each come to Jesus in a personal way, our faith is not just about the individual. The Christian faith is not just about you, it's about us. And so constantly reminding uh, one another our love of neighbor. I think I do that. Uh, well, you just did a series on that recently. Uh, was that August into September? Uh, was that the friendship one? Did we, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think I do that because um, I, you know, keep it simple, uh, dummy or saint. Keep it simple, saint. And so, I, you know, I'm all, I, I want us to like stay at the core of who we are and who we are is love of God, love of neighbor. Right. And we can, we build off that of course, and you know, figure out things we do and what that looks like for our context of our church. Right. And, you know, the, the context of ministry for a church like, like uh, Kelsey, where we are might be different than say like, you know, the last church you served at Asbury, right. There are differences in yeah, how that, very, how that very, looks. Yeah. Very different uh, neighborhoods. Uh, right. Absolutely. Um, you know, but at, the, but at the core, it's still love of God, love of neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's interesting. Um, I, one of the things I do when I come to worship, uh, uh, I, I have in the past, uh, I don't do it so much when Ellen and I come together, but before Ellen was comfortable with returning to church, um, I was already coming and I would get there about a half hour before the service and then walk the neighborhood and uh, there was a, there is a, a person uh, I often ran into and still see, Daniel, and we'd have conversations. So I was getting to know, you know, the people in that neighborhood. And of course, um, we have the one fella who comes to, who joins us on a Saturday morning. And I, I, I think I recall his name, but I, one is I'm not going to, you know, uh, but anyway, who who is a regular part of the of the community in that area, a part of the homeless uh, 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 crowd that that is very much around that church. So, and that's nothing like what Asbury. Asbury is kind of in the growing on the growing side of of Corpus. It's uh, you know we we front the Alamo Draft House. And, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of businesses in the area so yeah very so, different and so so part of this is all right uh reconnecting uh maybe maybe we were disconnected right maybe we tried our very best through the pandemic to you know keep those relationships strong as best we could we're using zoom we're using facebook live we're doing whatever we can but still there is a you know disconnect somewhere right I uh, yeah. mentioned your wife, you know, not feeling comfortable. I had, we had several people here for a long time. I think still some people who are kind of, eh, I'm not quite there yet still. And, uh, 
And so it's just, it's just hard. So now that we're having a chance, all right, we're, more of us are here. We're, we have a chance to sort of reemphasize like the importance of this connection. We just went through two years of, uh, of, uh, of having that connection. Uh, I don't want to say it was ruptured. I don't want to say it was broken, but it was certainly challenged, right? Stretched. It was stretched. Very good. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, the lines so, of communication were stretched. Yeah, but now we have a chance to sort of, all right, what do we learn from all of that? about what's important about our connection and who we are together. And so I think it's an important thing to reemphasize who we are is love of God, love of neighbor. And so as a, as a church community, um, to reiterate that over and over, we can't lose sight of that because um, then we start becoming other things if we're not careful. And that's, we don't want to do that. All right. Here's one, Tom, um, I appreciate. This is from an associate pastor in Mission Viejo, California, uh, and her, I love her idea to prioritize play, uh, to move toward a more integrated and joyful fellowship. We need to rediscover rhythms of playfulness. So we took advantage of our Southern California weather and purchased outdoor activities to place around the church patio, ping pong, gaga ball, and spike ball, uh, easy opportunities to eat together as often as possible, uh, donuts after worship. Uh, fellowship meals after communion services, so on and so forth, but just to be together and play. You yeah. think churches need to play more, Tom? Well, I, I, you know, part of what I hear in that too is is just gather to have fun. Yeah, um, and and that includes you know playing games, but it also includes just sitting down and enjoying a, a, a good a good relaxed meal together. And I know um, one of the places where I, I've served in the past, uh, the, you know, the, uh, the, the Methodists were good at, at pl being playful and uh, they've kind of mixed in with the Presbyterians and, and, uh, and they're, they're teaching the Presbyterians new tricks and it's uh, it's been been kind of uh, interesting to be uh, to listen to what's happening uh, in that area so oh those uh, poor Presbyterians had no idea what's coming do they yeah no they they didn't know about pigs in the blanket easy now we you know one step at a time we can't take over the world man pigs yeah. in a blanket that's hilarious yeah i you know i mean i think i think people know this about me like i'm gonna have fun right i think that's important life's too short god's too good so yeah why do we take ourselves so seriously tom i don't i don't know what that's all about um i guess i do you know we're a community of faith faith is important so you know act like it by you know being stern or being reverent i guess maybe but i don't know i think we take that too far sometimes well there's there's two things that come immediately to mind first of all is what we said from the very beginning no matter what else happens we want to be able to at least laugh once that's right uh, and you know that that uh, and and then the uh, the other thing is i remember maybe it was in the 80s uh, when that one picture was kind of circulating of Jesus laughing mm -hmm. uh, at it, and uh, and it was such a it was it was so popular because it was it, it was so simple and yet so different uh, uh, so and I don't know <laughs> I don't know 
if you were 60 or 70 years old, like I am now, and, and saw that picture and thought, oh, uh, blasphemy. But mm. for, the, for the younger generation, it's good to, good to see. Because, you know, bottom line, people really like being around Jesus. Right. And, uh, and, you know, when you, if you, I, I don't know, it's going to say, I think there is definitely a playfulness to him because he was giving people nicknames. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like, I'm going to call you spunky, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, he called, he called Simon Peter, which, you know, as somebody else has pointed out really just means Rocky. And you know, and then John and James say they, they had kind of a, an anger management <laughs> problem. So he goes, I'm going to call you sons of thunder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so I have a, have a feeling that, well, no, kids love to come to Jesus. Poor people love to come to Jesus. Uh, just people like coming around Jesus. The only, the only group that he consistently had problems with that were upset because he was having such a good time were the, you know, the religious leaders that his day and time. So, yeah, I read something this past week talking about, um, uh, children and worship and a whole conversation about that. But one of the one of the observations was, you know, we talk about childlike faith, right? Mm -hmm. And the way children respond, sort of just not even just respond to Jesus, but plainly, the way children respond is simple, right? Uh, there's no complex um, response that a children has to something that's going on there. You know, they're scared, or you know, they're happy, or you know, you know, whatever they're feeling. And, and, and the best responses to faith tend to be those simple ones where, you know, it's, it's, I believe, right. Or I'm ready, or I'm, you know, whatever that next response is. And so a childlike faith is, you know, to stop sort of making it complicated, not to sort of build on, on something that isn't there, but just to have a, a simple response to what you hear God doing. And, and part of that, I think, is being willing to say, this is a life that, that is a gift. Why can we not enjoy it together? right? Um, there's nothing wrong with laughing, nothing wrong with, with playing and, and everything else. Our youth group here at Kelsey, we just now getting started uh, reconnecting, right? We had our first Sunday school class yesterday, Tom, where I think there was eight of them there, which was great. Uh, and one of the first things besides that, first thing we did on Sunday night, last night, we met at Peter Piper Pizza just to hang out, eat pizza, and play. So I, I affirm this uh, greatly because I think it's, you know, it's life. Enjoy life. I think we got to help people realize um, there's a, an image I think people have of, of a Christian that it's, it's, it's not accurate. It's Christian is the, the grumpy old person you're talking about who is always mad, who's always complaining about something. And while there are Christians like that, um, there is a joy God has given us that we actually, we actually love. Yeah. All right. Let's see what else they have. I have a few more. I don't know if we'll get to all of them. Uh, well, speaking of Peter Piper is the last one, share meals, share meals and build unity. Yeah. Eat more together. Right. I think we need yeah. to figure out better ways to do that. Eat more but, together. Yeah. I was going to say families that sit down to a meal at least once a, once a day tend to be healthier and, uh, you know, kids who are in a family that that happens. Yeah. No fundraisers, just eat, right? Yeah, just right. Enjoy it together. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's see. 
Well, I was going to say, I absolutely love uh, Saturday morning breakfast with the, with the men. That's just yeah. a, such a blessing. Here's another one. Offer short-term opportunities. Uh, I think a lot of times, right, pastors, or we get this idea, or we're going to, you know, do this program and uh, we'll come to our program. It's going to last, you know, from, from now into eternity, every, you know, Wednesday night or whatever. And instead, sort of start thinking in short-term spurts, you know, giving people four, six, eight, maybe 10-week uh, chances to, to do, you know, these, to, to have these connections together, whether it's a meal, whether it's a study or prayer time, just to kind of give people a chance, you know, we're going to go for a short time just to do this, maybe take a break, maybe we restart it again after that. But uh, I think that's helpful. A short-term Bible study, maybe. Or, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I'm, I, it makes me think of, it, you know, if you volunteer to be a Sunday school teacher, <laughs> if, if I start showing signs of dementia, maybe it's time for me not to be teaching any longer. Maybe. And then, yeah. I'm, then I'm thinking of David uh, when he would, he, he feigned of being crazy. He's like, wow, this is one way to get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, they'll never, they'll never guess. All right. Last two um, uh, do with uh, leadership. Uh, one is to view preaching as pastoral care. Um, does that fall in line with how you sought your preaching experience, Tom? I, you know, I would, I, I wouldn't say that's how I viewed it. Uh, I uh, it would be hard to hard to kind of out, uh, but I understand. You know, I've heard that that term before, uh, and Adam Hamilton might be one who does that. I'm not. I'm not quite sure. Somebody, somebody, I'm that I have listened to has taken that approach. Here's uh, a way it's, this is from a pastor in Iowa in times of shared crisis, uh, emphatic preaching helps a disconnected and polarized community name common experiences, anxieties, and pains placed within the uniting story of God's redeeming work in Christ, especially in crisis, such preaching remains a powerful tool of community building. So, um, I don't know that I do this per se, but you know, I'm not a, that's what this verse means. Let's go to the next verse and find out what that means. Right. I'm not, uh, I'm not one who says, um, I just, I, I'm, I'm looking for the theme and you know, some of the, how the details of a story talk about that. And our themes tend to be something important for our community. So it's not like a, you know, here's how to get rich using the principles of Jesus. It's, you know, this is something God is speaking to our heart today uh, yeah. based on something God has already spoken to people of faith before. So I don't know if that's the same, but I understand, I think like you. Well, and, and I would say, you know, I was just thinking about the message I would have uh, spoken yesterday as a guest speaker in, uh, in a nearby community. And and I you know, when I'm thinking about it, yeah it's a, about that uh, those uh, common held experiences and, and basically saying these are the things uh, that we all we all face uh, and and I you know I'm saying that uh, I, was re if I think I said this earlier I that I 
was sick. I have been sick for about the last four or five days. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so, uh, just was erring, uh, toward the, uh, direction of caution, but, but yeah. And then I think about it. Yeah. It, there is a kind of a pastoral care aspect to that. So maybe if you are someone who listens to sermons, you, you can kind of listen for that, you know, pastoral themes in that and, and, you know, in just different ways of preaching, maybe your preacher preaches one way on this Sunday and has to preach, needs to preach a different way on another Sunday. All right. Last one is as leaders, uh, we're talking about, uh, rebuilding church community as leaders embrace hope i think that's a good one to end on tom that oh absolutely yeah we are we are resurrection people we have the hope of resurrection why can we not embrace that and make that a central part of of who we are and everything we do yeah and that actually if we if we are well anchored in our faith that's I was going to say that should come pretty naturally slash supernaturally, however you want to put it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hopefully so. And I think all that kind of goes together, you know, when you, so again, kind of finish up here, we're talking about you know, rebuilding church connection and we're talking about, you know, kind of mixing up uh, what we do. So if you're kind of seeing new opportunities to share faith and, you know, to, to reconnect with that, I mean, that's a hopeful thing in and of itself, right. That, you know, mm -hmm. the, there's just places and there's people who, who who want to to know you and who want to you know have life together as they say that that's a hopeful thing and if we're talking about our love of neighbor you know when we see that at work and we we experience that even ourselves and we realize you know god can use us to make that a reality for the healing of the world there's there's hope in that as well uh, i think you know we look at prioritizing play we talk about you know sharing life enjoying life you know you play you get the kids involved I, every time i love watching all the videos online of the kids uh laughing right that's i hope kind of going thing. back and to last week's message or yeah exactly. yeah exactly that is a hopeful thing for me a kid's laugh is a hopeful thing for me and so that's something that i hold on to and i hope that um i hope that does help us tom it gives us something to look for and to kind of think about, you know, in my church, where can I sort of see these things already happening or where can I kind of make them happen? You know, if the opportunity arises uh, for the goal of reconnecting our, our church together uh, with one another, that's important. Um, pandemic was what it was or is what it is. Uh, it did what it did, uh, but we are still who we are, right, as the church. And so let's, we have an opportunity at least. I never want to say that, you know, God brought the pandemic, but it happened. And there's certainly something we can learn from it. And there's certainly something that uh, we can um, now do as a response that I think can bring glory to God. And I hope, I hope this is a way to help people kind of shape that conversation for their ministry. What do you think, Tom? Final thoughts? Um, what I would say specifically uh is god brought us through the pandemic right. amen to that and if god brought us through god'll god'll keep doing what god does amen yeah, yeah. <laughs> i will always remember the one sermon that if uh if uh how they put it but it's basically uh talking about when the disciples got in the boat and they're starting to go uh, across with Jesus and uh and then the storm comes along and and he kept you know the preacher kept saying you know 
if God God got you in the boat, he's going to get you to the other side. Amen to that. There you go. So as we are finding our way to the other side of the pandemic, um, let's prioritize this connection God has given us. It is a blessing. Amen. All right, Tom, I appreciate that. And I hope if you're listening and watching, it gives you something to think about to, to kind of uh, not evaluate, but to kind of see where your ministry is. And hopefully that gives you something that you can build on as well in your local church, because that's what we want, we want to see happen. We want to see you build your local church. Tom, thanks for the gift of your time. Brad, hope you're out there somewhere, man. <laughs> you are well. <laughs> and uh, we will see you all sometime, maybe next week, maybe the week after. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll it's going to be, it's gonna be a couple of weeks for, for our friends and neighbors. Somebody so, write that down so we don't forget. Yeah, two weeks from now. All right. We'll have a great have a great rest of the week and God be with you. God be with you.